Do you know when they go, huh, he is just mad and salty because Faker wins and plays at a level he will never play at in his one world. And what have you done, 40-year-old man? No, 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 no. That only works if Faker says that to me. How can you, pleb, say that to me? Spoiler, my career is closer to Faker's career than your career is closer to mine. Game over. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select, where grumpy old men talk about beautiful esports. Uh, I didn't realize this last time we recorded an episode, but this is officially season season two of Side Select. Uh, I'm, I'm why why did season two begin with the end? completely arbitrary? Like okay. oh, right. it was just getting okay. like I checked basically I changed the thumbnail format to something a little bit yeah. nicer, Good you know. Good and thumbnails. then I also Agreed. thought like. Am I going to let the numbers just infinitely scale a la sort of Joe Rogan or something? Nah, I'm not. I'm going to yeah. put it into season. So completely meaningless. Well, new season, new us. Um, uh, the new us is the exact same as the old us, uh, which means we've got to start with some food stuff, right? Um, as is as is tradition. I'm not mixing it up because it's a new season. Oh, no. But I am mixing it up slightly, actually. You guys have got to be on your toes for this one because we've got a little bit of a competition i got a quiz to start things off with you guys, okay? This quiz is about how well you know each other. And I'm fully aware yeah. that you probably don't know each other okay. well enough to answer these questions. Um, and it's unfair because, to... like, fucking, who's rich? He's, like, some manager. I'm really famous. I am esports. <laughs> yeah, I'm foreign. Like, everyone knows shit about me. So, come on. Let's see what these questions are. That's come why on. they're not esports-related questions. All oh, right, okay. Right, okay. they're still food-related questions. Oh, it's still uh, food. You're going to get the same question. You're going to get the same question. And yeah, whoever has the most points at the end, yeah, sorted. So question number one, they're all they're all X or Y, okay? So question number one, toast or cereal? Rich, I ask you, you have to you have to see which one Dorian prefers. Is he a toast guy or a cereal guy? Oh. Don't overthink it too much. Be like, oh, but it depends on the time of day. And how is he? No, just toast or cereal, bam. Slam one down, lock it in. I'll say toast. Okay. Toast, what do you say, Thorin? Is, is Rich Ooh. a cereal or a toast guy? I'm going cereal for this one. Cereal, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna play along as well. I'm not going to play along as well, okay. actually. Are you going to reveal it at the end? Who wins the I most will points? reveal oh, the that's points at the end, of course. Okay, yes. keep going then. Yes. <laughs> Chicken or beef? Again, I'll start. We'll start with with with, with Rich. Rich goes first. So, someone like chicken, would he prefer a chicken beef. based meal or a beef Definitely based beef. meal? Definitely beef. Okay. And what are you saying? I'm going chicken yeah. on this one. I'm going chicken. Chicken. Okay. This is good. I, so I, far, I, I'm totally buying into like a stereotype that Rich has presented on this show, but I think it's going to work. So I, yeah, I but think, I think he's doing I'm, the same. I'm doing the same. You, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's okay. Rice or noodles? Ooh. This is the hardest one because I don't feel like I can pigeonhole it as much. Um, I'm going to say noodles. Okay. Well, this is perfect because I was actually going to say rice. So, so far, I'm going the opposite Very of him. Well, yeah, so, probably yeah, with bizarro versions of each other so far. I love this. Potentially. Mashed yeah. potatoes or roast potatoes? Oh, fucking hell. Mm. Oh, roast potatoes. I feel like, yeah, I would have gone with that too. This is like Sophie's choice if you're off in the UK, though. But I'm going to say roast potatoes for this okay. one as well. We've got our first loop to cook, but that's fine. Yeah. Last one tea or coffee? Mm. I'm going to say tea. 
Okay. I feel that like people who as well. I feel like people who well. drink coffee always talk about how they drink coffee, and I've never heard yeah. Thorin mention it. So, but I, I also view coffee as a practical tool, and I view I view okay. Thorin as a practical kind of guy. You know. Okay. All right. So here are our answers. Well, I don't know the answers. You guys are gonna have to tell me the answers. So yeah, but, well, but you you guys have locked in your answers. Toast or cereal? We'll, we'll actually say the truth here. Go on. Then, yeah. yeah, this is it. So toast or cereal? <laughs> Rich, are you a, are you a toast or a cereal guy? Definitely cereal, yeah. Definitely cereal. Okay, so Doreen, easy, Doreen gets a point easy business. Also, spoiler: if you know when he grew up, that was when cereal advertising was the most powerful and in your face. So there you go. Before the before the no, food laws as well. Here's the Fox Shop. I'm a toast guy. You're a toast guy. I like yeah. some little marmalade yeah. on toast. You know, yeah. get busy with it. Excellent. Chicken or beef? What are you, Rich? You're a chicken or beef guy? Chicken. <laughs> Chicken there you guy. go. Easy. Remember, he's trying to be like, oh, and I, you know, like I like a bit of vegetarian <laughs> shit. It's like, you know me, boys. You didn't. Everyone could have got this one. British beef. Uh, British. Okay. I even eat it when there's fucking mad cow disease, mate. British. <laughs> two for two so far on both of you guys. Okay. Uh, rice or noodles? What are you? What are you, Rich? You're a rice or noodle guy? Honestly, like, I, I don't have a preference, I guess. Okay. I guess I'll have to say rice because I have it way more often. So okay, cool. And the way um, it goes with a lot of the sort of chicken lighter yeah, meals, you know, yeah. it's fox. I've got it nailed. I've got a fucking yeah. profile there. FBI yeah. style. You have, and are you mine, a rice or a noodle guy? Going? Noodles all day, baby. Noodles. Noodles I was gonna. Day. I thought noodles because that's quite like a work working class. Right, I'm, I'm yeah. three for three as well, aren't I? At the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're both three for three. Understand literally what you do. You go around to the. I won't say what it was called when I was a boy. The Chinese restaurant. When yes. then you are the cheapest <laughs> dish is some noodles. Straight fire reference there. Fox drops for you only, mate. And then you get some. You get the chow mein, don't you? So that's what with yeah, the beef oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Well, I, well, yeah. I'm more of a chicken chow mein kind of guy. Okay. Chow well, you can go to Riches then, can't you? Yeah. I can. <laughs> oh, you're rich. <laughs> uh, mashed potatoes or roast potatoes? You both said roasties. Are you both a roasty, roasty guys? Yeah. yeah I think. Yeah. I love yeah. mashed potatoes. Everyone's as well. cheating though, because even though it's, it's true, everyone does love mashed day yeah. to day. Yeah. Roast yeah. potatoes is with the roast, which mm. if you don't know, is like our it's holy true. meal. It is true. It is true. That is fair. Um, and Christmas, of course. Yeah, that's true. Actually, we are in the Christmas season. Maybe that was a bad time to ask. And then tea or coffee? You both went with tea. Are you both tea guys? I am. This is the one I was least confident about, but yeah. Here's oh. the problem. It's a bit like the rice noodles one. I'm not, and I don't drink either. And I almost yeah, never same. have, by the way. Like, I'm a weirdo at that. But if I have to pick, I would probably take coffee just because, oh, like, I'm not fond of the taste. Shit. But I, for me, I find tea very bland, unfortunately. Like, whatever that tea flavor is, I don't, I don't vibe with it, unfortunately. Oh, that's the thing. When I say, because I don't drink either, but when I, when I would pick tea, it's because one, I, I, actively dislike coffee whereas teas whatever if i, I had like tea it would be like some flavored tea like raspberry or not raspberry tea like the black currant tea or some shit like that like i wouldn't ever drink normal tea though. i mean the thing is i obviously don't drink coffee rich because i exclusively drink gamer sops but they do have a new range <laughs> of teas so you might like to check them out 10 percent off with the code thor and t-h-o-r-a and at gamesops.gg you know if we're, if we're talking about that sort of thing you know and how it's just not my channel my bad okay <laughs> well when all said and done Dorian, you knocked it out with a five for five. Easy peasy. And I'm, I don't know. I, I'm going to say four. Cheating, though. Come on. Like I was... said, if, if you think about sort of this, like, you know, slightly left center, sort of like a bit conscious, but, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. You know, maybe we should be in the European Union. If you think of that sort of a figure, <laughs> it, I, was, I, was, I was checking all the boxes. I think I got it. Did I get every single one for him there? Yeah, every single yeah, one. That's not cheating. That's just knowing him well. Yeah. That's the whole okay. point of the quiz. Okay. But I, and I, I think it's a bit unfair for you, Rich, because you did it get is. four out of five, but he doesn't drink tea or coffee, so... 
It was close. It was close. It was, it was close. I quite liked the competition. I might have to come up with some more ones in the future. Yeah, that was good, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. You got, well, yeah, because you won. You got five out of five. The downside, of course, is if someone really despises these food segments, that was intolerably long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... No, whatever. That's the best part of the episode. Right, true, the series, true. Uh, right, let's talk about some esports, shall we? The first thing we want to talk about is the big news coming out of LCS. Doublist has retired. If I'm not mistaken, this is technically his second retirement. Right? He he retired before, but I'm almost certain it was like oh, it was... everything but said that he was retired before. Yes, yeah. it was a high hiatus of sorts where he was a streamer, I believe, during that period of time. And he came back to play for 100 Thieves. Anyway, he is uh, he's retired now officially. Uh, he is one of the, the most popular players in the League of Legends scene, especially from North America. He's been playing since season one. If you're an OG, you'll remember his Blitzcrank plays before there was even an ADC role um, or Marksman as it is now. But yes, Double F, the absolute, absolute legend of North American uh, League of Legends. Let's talk a bit about him. What do you think his legacy is? And do you think he's the greatest LCS player ever? Rich, what do you think? I mean, yeah, as, as I said on Twitter, to me, the obvious opening gag is that I don't believe this guy is going to stay retired. Or I should say there's a very high chance that he won't, right? Like, I'm so bored of all these players, like fucking Bjergsen. But by the way, I forgot to retweet that one. The millisecond Bjergsen retired, I said this guy's going to, I think the tweet even said pretty much verbatim, this guy will coach for one year and then try and come back as a player and be bad. That was basically the tweet and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, this guy's not going to stay uh, retired for too long because apart from anything else, and this may sound a bit harsh, he doesn't really have any other fucking skills, does he? Doesn't take much to, you know, do a bit yeah, of research, a watch a Travis interview or whatever, and realize, you know what, that all this guy really has about him is League of Legends, isn't it? So, yeah, in terms of, like, what his legacy is, um, I think there's obviously, like, two main parts to that. Obviously, there's Double Lift, the player, who, by the way, what's kind of interesting for a lot of, like, newer viewers, I guess, that might not really be aware of, is actually, even though this guy now has more LCS titles than anyone, he didn't even win his first title for ages. His first title was with CLG in, like, summer 2015 or something. This guy played for years and years before he actually won anything. So that to go from that to then end up winning the most is, you know, obviously pretty cool. And, of course, he deserves props for that. The counter side to that coin, let's say, is obviously internationally even for like an na player the thing about double lift is double lift wasn't just a good player there were points in his career where double lift could legitimately be put on like like a, a top 10 AD carries in the world list like and it, and it makes sense mm. it to not be sacrilege to do so but his international performances never lived up to that reputation at all both on a team level which would obviously be unfair to just lump him in with but also on an individual level he did underperform internationally so that is sad and for that reason i like the way you phrased it fox he is an lcs legend i don't think he really is a legend in terms of playing ability across like the pantheon of his career i don't think he really is a legend in that sense he'll he'll go down as a legend because obviously larger than life in terms of brand even though again i would be a bit cynical and say that was also because he was one of the first big personalities so he kind of endured i think if someone who 
copied and pasted Doublelift's personality now came into the scene, this guy wouldn't have a brand, by the way. It's not like this guy's super interesting on some level, right? And Travis deserves a lot of credit, to be fair, for building Doublelift up, not just for taking him in, of course, famously, but also the exposure he gave him. Oh, and the, those interviews were, for the time, those interviews were quite good. Like, the content right. was like... Yeah. not bad and and you know the scene was kind of void of stuff like that so i think a large part of his legacy will be brand related and how he epitomized like the gamer gamer like obviously there's that meme now of like i am a gamer double lift is a pure gamer like in its essence he is like the most stereotypical north american gamer you could ever come across so yeah that that i feel is like a large part of his legacy now the sort of less good side of Double Lift's legacy, unfortunately for me, is basically the second half of his legacy. Let's call it, you know, I don't know, the last sort of 10 years of Arsene Wenger's career legacy, where wasn't really, you know, doing too much. Things weren't going that swimmingly. And he's doing all this fucking absolute nonsense off the rift. And I'm, unfortunately, it does have to be mentioned. You can't just talk about, you know, if you're going to talk about someone's legacy and their brand and everything, I think you do have to bring this stuff up. And this double lift is definitely a person who, if they're not talking about the game or chatting nonsense to Travis, this is someone you never want them to open their mouth publicly ever. Because anything <laughs> this guy ever had to say was complete verbal sewage. It was the absolute piss, absolute nonsense. And especially what you don't want him to do is open his mouth about serious topics. This guy's, you know, obviously one of the most more recent things, like the player strike stuff. Like every time this guy spoke on a serious topic, it did more harm than good to his peers. And then he was just careless and callous when it came to things like, I don't know, his streaming. Like people will meme Yankos for like, oh, Yankos leaked the roster move again. This guy was leaking like conversations of, of affecting people's careers, like Lena talking to about Dardock and all this kind of shit. Like he does have a lot of black marks against his his name when it comes to like off the riff stuff as well again not i give him a pass in the sense i don't think he was ever like actively malicious i do just think he's kind of a stupid guy as harsh as that might sound like i do just think he's fairly unintelligent but i do think that's also worth mentioning but i don't want to finish on a negative so i will say that for me the most enduring thing about double lift we've got the playing side we've got the non-playing side and then one of the most amazing in every sense of the word stories of all time is obviously that period of time that surrounded the family tragedy that he had and playing the lcs final like the same like that is just absolutely bonkers again if you're a newer viewer and you don't really know much about that go back and look about uh, read about all that situation that double uh double lift had with his family around that time and then going into a, an lcs final it's insane what that guy did mentally um, and how he's able to compartmentalize things. And that must have been absolutely crazy. So to me, that is one of the most extraordinary esports stories ever. And I think it puts him in a good light in some ways. I think he, yeah, incredible. So yeah, definitely one of the most interesting and storied Western players ever. Players in general ever, I would say, from a, a sort of story and brand perspective. An amazing domestic player in his time who probably slightly underperformed when it came to the bigger sort of international picture but yeah you can't tell the story of league of legends esports without double lift uh having a big say so yeah uh i as i said if this was truly the end absolutely like uh stamp on the letter then i'd say 
I guess, sad uh, to see that chapter end. But I, I also think this guy will probably come back to esports in some capacity, probably as a player. And my prediction, by the way, is you're going to see a lot of Middle Eastern money flooding into team side when Riot will have to cave because of esports winter and the compounding issues that esports yep. is having. I think your boy will probably come back and uh, want some of that bag. So I suspect this isn't the last we'll see of him, but worth eulogizing anyway. So, yeah. Fair enough. What about you, Thrun? How are your thoughts on him and his legacy? I'll pick up at the end what you said there. One, here's a little prediction for you. Mark it down, see if it comes true. I think within maybe two or three years, I think Worlds will be in Saudi Arabia. How do you like them apples? Which, by the way, is going to make that Reddit thread the other week. Chef's kiss about how Riot turned down. They didn't, by the way. They mm. actively announced a deal with them and then were forced by the labor force to no longer take it. But, so I agree with Rich, actually. The silliest thing about this is are people so stupid they can't put, like, very simple points together and see, like, a pattern, right? So, guys, double lift sabotaged an LCS walkout because he wanted to get his salary and go to Worlds. Then, at the end of that year, we hit something called eSports Winter, where there's no money anymore, and everyone is signing, like, literally, apparently EG players in that summer split, except Giorgio Pion were on almost minimum salary. Well, the minimum salary is not very much nowadays. So that means if you're double lift, oh, yeah, now that there's, like, a tenth as much money, um, I retire... But he didn't mention any of that, you know, it's in his fucking comments. And then I agree with Rich. If you know how many fucking millions of dollars this guy could get per year at the peak, if they all come back in two years with that bag, I mean, his skills aren't going to be there. He has evergreen mechanical skills. He'll just come back. And here's why he will. Because every bozo has said this in League for 10 years now. He'll just be a streamer, right? One, if you only stream, how's I'm a cutie pie doing? How's Chaos doing? How's Dyrus doing? How's the odd? They're all fucking nobodies. They're all literally at 1,000. You know, like they have their family come on the fucking stream to give them some numbers at this point in time. It doesn't work. And then secondly, let's say he does core stream, though, to keep it upright. Tell you what, you guys don't know how you are, how that thing destroys people's lives. Like, Cadrill, you might be loving him now. He'll be where Domin LSR. He'll be thinking about quitting soon or be looking for his exit or his pivot. It's the most grinding job ever. Yeah, you get millions. It ain't worth it, mate. You get millions in exchange for not having a life. It's like one of those scenarios where someone says, if you went to prison for five years, but you get $100 million, would you do it? And then everyone goes, of course I would. And they don't know. They just break one year in and go, oh, fuck it, I don't want the money anymore. Like, So I don't think he will stay being a streamer. And then lastly, think about what motivates people. Right, the reason he competes is, look, the millions are nice, but it's also to be great. It's something he's very good at. Core streaming is boring as fuck, mate. You've had the 100K viewers, you've had the millions of dollars, you've watched the worlds. Like, that job, I've been told, ages so fucking quickly, it's nuts. And from the outside, even, you won't realise it. Because I always think, like, surely you could keep it going another year, though. You get X million, though, insert person who does core streaming. And they're like, it ain't worth it, mate. Like, I'm trying to pivot my way out. I'm trying to find something else. That's why some of them, you know, I'll become a coach, or maybe I'll start my own thing. So I agree with Rich. He comes back soon. Just give it time. As long as eSports recovers, he comes back. Then on himself you got to start with the hands his number one skill is mechanical ability and what's amazing about this guy is 
he is mad underrated for his mechanics. He had the insane mechanics when, like, Faker did. And the joke is, arguably, Faker's mechanics decayed more than fucking double lifts. Like, even at the end, he still looked good. Even in 100 Thieves, beyond, like, when he was getting into it and it was a shit meta, dude, he could still see if you put him onto a champion that has mechanical ability, this guy's smurf. He'll start, he'll start going off. And so the problem is, that is a massive boon. I agree with Rich. If you go on that quality alone, I, th I think, for real, he was only ever this much below, like, Uziah and Deft and the, the, the fucking ruler, the best. They have other qualities that make them better players, and obviously they've won a lot more, but I do think he was underrated in the West in that way. Like, the difference is, you know the comparison, when people would go, yeah, but Sneaky's made more Worlds quarterfights. Mm. Shut the fuck up. If this is a 1v1 game, Sneaky would be watching in the stands while Doublelift would be playing Uzi. What are you talking about? So, I think mechanically he was phenomenal, and he even, by the way, even in his Team Liquid days, I think there were years where he could say, like, hey, you know, on my day, I could beat Ruler. I could beat Deft. I could I could go head-to-head -head with Uzi. I could do that. I've always said it was just psychological factors, I think, held him back in that regard. Because bizarrely, part of his egotistical personality is he would think everyone was lower than him. But then if he really did know it was Uzi, he himself would become the lesser one in that relationship. And he would sort of, like, be mind-fucked by it. So he's one of those guys I've always... I used to tell him back in the day before he became a twat to me. Like, me, I... One, you better look into sports psychology. And two, like, I wish I could just have your... Can I just have your fucking skills? I'd make use of them, you dickhead. I wouldn't just be, like, going out scared in all these matches. Because that's the big problem. Rich has nailed it. If you want to go by, like, you know, how who were the best Westerners and who was awesome domestically and dominated their regions, did a great job. But the problem is you will be judged off your international results. And I'm sorry, like, one MSI final, that doesn't cut it, mate. That, that ain't enough. And the fact you never got out of groups at Worlds, I mean, look, it wasn't always your fault. I'd say flip a coin. Half the time he was good, half the time he was shit. By the way, I think Bjergsen actually had more shit games internationally because he played the most important role, but that's neither here nor there. I notice he's allowed to pass forever. So I do think, actually, that that cost him. If he, The joke is, if he had have had the C9 runs and he was double lift, mate, now we're having a different conversation. Now it would be like maybe the region capped him. Because I always thought the irony of double lift's career, for real, is... As, like Rich says, he's a bit of an idiot. And so, unfortunately, he's... It's so funny that he's so amazing in the game because in the game, he would sometimes make weird decisions. He made the weirdest decisions in his career because if people don't know, like, except for the Team Liquid squad he was on because the TSM one's always bombed, I, it's mad some of the offers this guy, I suppose, he had and didn't do. Like, I've heard he could have been in Cloud9. Bro, that's the org you go to if you want to rebuild around you every year and get those quarters and all that. Like, you're telling me if he'd have played with, like, all Jensen and that, but in Cloud9 and Impact, like... You could have made that line up years earlier and had all the success. I think he, it is sad because that will always haunt him. The ring around his neck will always be did fuck all at Worlds. And at the end of the day, I don't think Worlds is the be-all end-all, but everyone else does, mm -hmm. a la the faker thing we'll probably talk about later. So the other thing I'll say is, the other angle is this. This is why his decision-making was so whack because he is one of those people who's a gamer in the sense that he's a fucking slacker too. Not that he doesn't do his practice, but he wants to live in America and eat fucking In-N-Out Burger and watch shitty Netflix and they play, like, World of Warcraft. And so... People might not know this. One, he could have come to LEC any time he wanted. That's even real, that joke. He could have been in G2. Secondly, this guy had offers from both Korea and China to go and play. I think if he either came to EU, because we're better general players, or dude, if he'd have ever gone and done what Reckless is faking to do, but for real, like he was actually in LCK or LPL. By the way, LPL would have been... Perfect, because mm -hmm. one, they already deal with Koreans and speak in English, and two, you're fucking ADC, mate. All you do is click, and then they pilot you around the map. Like, if he'd have done that for a year, I think he could have been a legend of this game, mate. I think he could have actually taken the same skill set and been considered, like, 
Like I say, he was the one NA player that people really thought was like the best ever. So, yeah, I think in general, his career, it's funny because for someone who had so much domestic success, like I'll always think of him as the most dominant LCS player. The joke is he could actually trip over and win the fucking split. It was mental. Like you saw it was. Rich is right. The early years, he had no success. And then there was one period in time where he'd done something mental, like won nine out of 11 splits he'd played or something. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's impossible. No one could do that. So, or eight or something. So, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, some insane things. Obviously, he was a big fish in a small pond. But yeah, sadly, I'll always be somewhat haunted by that. And then I agree. In the latter years, it was all dominated by the Lena drama and every possible permutation of that. And quite frankly, that's where even I soured to him. Because in the early days, I actually knew a little bit about this guy. He was harmless. He might have trash talked people, but it was all in good fun in a way. The latter years, he was just being a dickhead. Something like that thing he said about upsets wife. Like, that's just mean, mate. You're just being a dickhead now. Like, like mate, imagine if, again, like you said about, like, hey, you have your own sensitive family situation, mate. We're not banging on that, making jokes about that, are we? Like, I, I do think in the latter days, sadly, he'll be remembered for some of the drama. Like, now, this is why it's dumb to retire now. You'll also be remembered for being the dickhead who out with the walkout now. But luckily, don't worry, wait two years, and he'll be back in Riyadh. There you go. <laughs> Playing worlds. Great. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually un it's understated. Players, I've got to say, a great personality. It's, it's understated uh, how much the whole like double lift scenario going to TSM thing just kind of sparked the downfall of TSM. Like that might sound overly dramatic, but it's really not. If like you look at the tight timeline around oh, yeah. around what happened with TSM and obviously the internal investigations, the HR department getting involved. Like obviously for people who don't know, uh, Reggie was dating the president of TSM at the time it's obviously Lena who then thought it was appropriate what you mean uh, you said Reggie no no no, no sorry I mean no Reggie oh, for, for, for a long yes. time yes. and then right. uh, Lena for some reason thought it was appropriate to then date a player who was joining the team like and the, the by the way the very specific timing of when that happened about, yeah it's absolutely <laughs> mental and then obviously you know, when when you actually look back at it, sort sort of look at the timeline, the fact that it looked like Reggie maybe even went a bit more overboard than normal, and HR got involved. Oh, in that week out, didn't it? Yeah, like I, mate, I, just when you look at those little moments on paper, it would hard to, it would it would be hard for me to put myself in that situation and not think, wow, that probably fuck with me quite a lot. Like, of course it would. Like, what horrible situation for everyone to be involved in. And then the worst thing, as I alluded to earlier. Half this shit was caught on stream, by the way. Doublelift's one of these idiots who just sits in front of his stream and just chats absolute shit, by the way. Like, leaving no secrets a secret and just talking, talking, completely unfiltered and thinks it's completely okay. And he's just talking real time as well. And because, as I said, he's not a particularly intelligent person. He doesn't have a filter. He doesn't know what he should say, what he shouldn't say. And it's just a combination of him just outing everything and everyone and every piece of information. And then Lena chirping in the background about no fuck Dardock that guy sucks like just all this shit. like what are we doing like of course TSM imploded like just ridiculous oh, obviously being serious I do not think that Doublelift single-handedly took down TSM but he certainly had his say literally like this guy just couldn't stop talking and that is a problem when you're a streamer and uh yeah so I, I think uh as Thorin said for Another added reason I do not think that full-time streaming is meant for uh, this lad. That seems like the perfect thing for, for a streamer, though. If you're someone that always has drama around you or you're the hot place to be because of some controversy in one way or another, then... That's what Here's the thing, though, Fox, because obviously... 
right now you can say oh double lift he can be like a live stream fails farmer he's just gonna be getting clip after clip. spoiler alert again to what added on to what thorin said if you're not a pro player not only do people lose interest because they're like why am i watching this guy playing the stream when actually i could just watch pro player who's also streaming people are not going to keep giving you information and allowing you to be a permanent part of their inner circle if you do not give intrinsic value to them if you're not a, a ad carry who i'm trying to call as a team owner or whoever guess what you don't get all the fucking goss from from me or anyone else because you're a streamer who's going to chirp about it online and i get nothing in return because you're not even a pro player anymore so this guy is no longer going to be able to farm that little la scene of like all this gossip and start chirping about it on stream because people will just stop talking to him because there's now no reason to keep this guy in the loop. So, yeah, his stream is going to become very boring very fucking quickly, by the way. And the only little tidbits you're going to get is probably Lena in the background saying really stupid shit about whatever she's doing at Sentinels or something. Like, that'll be it. By the way, shout out Lena, though. If people don't know, because I know this is obviously, like, Sentinels is a Valorant org. Her job in Sentinels, right, I didn't write the simulation. I just live in it, Okay. Her job at Sentinels is Chief Revenue Officer. If you don't know, Re Sentinels recently have no revenue or money, so they had to, like, beg everyone and the investors to get more money. So I didn't see anything there. I just stated a, a few facts, and I'll let you put the pieces together on that one. So, you know. Moving on rapidly. Uh, enough about the, uh, the LCS and the North American League of Legends. Let's talk about the European League of Legends. So with, uh, with LEC and, and time being as it is, a lot of the rosters are not quite locked in, but they're pretty close to being locked in. Slash, we've got a good idea of who's going to be on what team. Uh, the ones that aren't confirmed, there are some rumors as to who has, uh, who, who's going where. Way, interesting as, far as, as far as I've heard, though, like all those ones it's... reported are, are going to happen. Okay. They are every, every, they're all locked. Yes, it just, it just not announced them yet. Yeah. Yes, it's yes. unofficially official yes. that uh, all of these players are going to be where they are. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of interesting moves to be honest coming through from uh, yeah. from some of the different different teams. I'm not going to read out all of them, but obviously, you know, we've got K Core coming into the uh, to the LEC with Bo joining them in the jungle. Niski is going to SK Gaming. A Wonder will be back as well for Team Heretics in the top lane. Lots of new things and lots of cool stuff as well. Ignar is all making his return to the LEC on XL. Uh, so just give me some thoughts about these changes that you can see that some of these uh, new new rosters or just new new move, movements in general. What are your thoughts on the uh, the LEC off season and what are you know some of the best slash worst? moves uh coming through Thorin, hit me up we'll go worst first because i feel like we can like wax lyrical a bit on the best move so i'll i'm mm. straight out the gate and this is going to shock people because if you've ever watched euro league when i'm on it with rich definitely not what i would normally have said are you ready i'm at this isn't ai i am actually saying this right now <laughs> which by the way sadly someone will now clip and they can insert anything there with AI. and i've just realized fuck myself i'm gonna like do myself delete that part from the video <laughs> right here's the obvious line are you ready mad lions not having Kazi is stupid as fuck. Are you out your mind? Like, the, the way that guy just played this last season, like, that was bonkers. Like, the guy was basically like an MVP quality player, and you'd built a team around him that worked. Like, the idea they're going with literally nobody. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're done, Mad Lions. Except, by the way, goodbye, Mad Lions. The joke is you are going to be an ERL team in the LEC who should be in the RLs. Good job. And then another one that I think is pretty fucking terrible 
is I've got to go with um, what was the one that I was going to go with for this one? Uh, oh, here's one. This will sound weird because it's going to be a relative move. It's that they didn't separate Razork and Humanoid. Brother, they just fucking, they don't learn at Fnatic. Like, that is, it's never worked, ever, ever. Even the joke is the only reason I actually think they made a run in Summer in the Worlds is if you notice at Worlds, it wasn't really about mid jungle for some bizarre reason. It's like the only time ever that wasn't the roles. And so, like, no wonder they were half decent. So I think that's terrible because I actually think separately, by the way, they can both be top players. I think together they're fucking, they're like anti synergy. And in the, in the more, remember, you're in Europe. The most important thing in Europe is jungle and mid. Like, the joke is, if you have a good jungle mid, that's usually enough. You can get it done with, like, a superstar mid. So I think those ones are fucking terrible. Like, look, there are other bad ones. Like, for example, crown shot not in the league. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Like, what? <laughs> Am I missing it? He was, like, the best ADC last year. So I think there's some that are... It's some of the ones that aren't there that are maddest to me. But, yeah, there's my bad ones. How about you do some bad ones, Richard? We'll go back on the good ones. Yeah, so just on a, a couple of the points you made there, because maybe I can give some additional context. I mean, so the, the, the Fnatic thing... That, so they are somewhat aware of that, but now, unfortunately, they're living with the bed they fucking made ages ago because Razork and Humanoid are both on astronomical contracts. Oh, I knew Humanoid like, was it Razork is as yeah, well, right? just ridiculous contracts. And the problem is, like, Humanoid's contract is beyond Razork's contract, yes. but Razork actually was elite, like elite elite yeah, for parts of last uh, split. So they feel they can't get rid of him at oh, all. Oh, bloody hell. And then they spent the vast majority of the offseason basically trying to negotiate Humanoid to take a less of a contract. That was like a huge part of what they were trying to do. So yeah, yeah they're just, yeah. They, they are just stuck with them. Like that, I obviously I agree that on paper that is rubbish, but that's a mistake they made ages ago where they gave Humanoid this ridiculous contract with a player, by the way, who his skill was never particularly in question, but things other than his skill were always in question. So it was always quite weird to do that move. And by the way, spoiler fanatic, if a team is desperately trying to sell you their best player, the alarm bells should be ringing at least on some <laughs> level. Mad was so happy to get rid of Humanoid. After, by the way, winning back-to-back -back splits with Humanoid, and they're desperately trying to get you to buy him. So that should have, uh, you know, signaled something. Um, yeah, one actually, which I'll throw in here because it's not like a um, sort of uh, bad move necessarily in general, but requires a bit of context, is upset to K Corp. Now, obviously, upset, great AD carry, uh, that's not the issue. For upset, though, it's a bit weird because obviously K Corp have basically announced to the world, we love Callist, he's our star boy, it is the Callist waiting room. So it just puts upset in a really weird position. And I think this is also the kind of thing where with with that the personalities are on that team and knowing that Callist is like waiting to play basically. It's just a weird dynamic that I think could undermine a new team coming into the league. So I don't like that. Um, but obviously happy to see a player as good as Upset land on a team. Because by the way, again, spoiler, if Upset hadn't been on K Corp, he'd have been out of the league as well. So you know, we've got players like Ice coming in for people like Crowney. Like the AD carry position is, is just weird this offseason. But I'll say that the single worst move for me, other than Thorin pointed out, obviously, Super coming in from Kazi is just mental illness at this point. And that, I don't care what anyone says, because obviously people, they're so lazy that they'll just say, oh, you're xenophobic against Spanish people, because I made that one fucking flack tweet by the way never mentioned his, his nationality at the time couldn't give a fuck probably didn't even know if he was portuguese or spanish or whatever when i made it but regardless like 
the, the idea that I am a Spanish GM and I am hiring a Spanish coach, so I'm just going to bring in all these Spanish people is so fucking lazy, man. And Super Fakazi is a heinous downgrade, but not as bad, even though I don't think Niski is as good a player, player for position as Kazi, not as bad as Frescovi coming in for Niski. Frescovi's fucking dog shit. Absolute dog shit. Just because he was playing on Movistar with Super, with Alvaro or whatever. And by the way, Frescovi's not actually Spanish. But why is this guy getting in the team? Like, unbelievable. This guy, by the way, will be the... Quote me on this. Clip it. Send it back to me. Ha ha ha. He will be the worst mid in the league by a fucking mile. By an absolute mile. Including that kid that XL signed, Jackie's. Who, by the way, is okay. actually like... Completely unproven, but way higher ceiling. Like, that guy actually has a future playing League of Legends. Frescovi's fucking dog shit. If I was building an ERL team in LVP or LFL, I would not look at Frescovi's. He is trash. So that is the single worst move by a mile. Swapping Niski, who I, I've never been super high on Niski in the sense that he's not Larson, he's not Caps, but he's the, he's the gatekeeper of the tier between everyone below Niski is, you know, not maybe okay, not great. Everyone above Niski is elite. That's where Niski is. And I just think that is, yeah, to, to swap him for Frescovi is, you deserve your 10th place, let's put it that way. Uh, should we do some of the good ones? Should we give some good moves, some, some positivity now to counteract all that toxicity? Right, first of all, what's funny is, I know Rich's angle, but look, just on paper, I actually think that's a great team for upset to play for. Like, spoiler, here's what's funny, everyone's just going to be immoral. You hate K-Cobb. I actually think they've put together a pretty fucking good roster because the joke is, the reason why they had one of the best ARL teams ever is because they had fucking Kavashad bing chilling in top lane, who should have been in LEC the whole time. The whole time. And also, because they're French, they know how to deal with Targamas. They can actually unlock him again in a way he wasn't in XL. So I actually think signing Bo, everyone's going to go, who gives it? That's a perfect, like, you buy law. You just bought low on a mega talent there. The only player who's questionable, because everyone knows he didn't do that well in LEC, is Sacken. And if you've seen him play in the RLs, I think he'll, I think this is the time he's going to do it. I think this is his time to come back. So when I look at that team, everyone knows Kavashad will play a tanker bruiser. Sacken himself probably isn't going to be like the god fucking middler. This is upset's team to go mad in me. I could see this being great for him. I agree with Rich, though. Like, the second it goes badly, you've, you've got your... You think Ronaldo, you're going to be out of Man United instantly, mate. Of course, it's over for you. And then the other one, as an individual move, is... This is actually not listed because it's not a player. It's actually that if you look at the Vitality lineup, it's quite an intriguing lineup, isn't it? It's like, it's, oh, it's good. They've got the bot lane of Mad, and then they've got like, oh, Vethiok, not bad. Douglas, we know that French jungle they were going to bring in last split, so we obviously like him. They kept Photon, had some potential. If It's that they added Mad Mac as their coach. Dude, look at that team. If you know Mac's style, it is literally to empower players to be who they are. I think actually he will work. I think he will have that team cooking, mate. This will actually be the one time Vitality's good. And then I'll throw it in there just to piss them off. I'll give you a little hint, though, right? Perks to Team Herex. How dare you? He is washed. He hasn't been good for years. I've heard he is joining for a fucking pennies. So that tells you he's only doing it to win, guys. This man is a millionaire and he lives in Croatia. He is joining to re-team with those players. And there's another team where, who knows how they'll do up and down. Remember, Peter Dunn is their fucking coach. Peter Dunn finally has superstar players. Like, I'm mad excited about those three lineups in general. I think they're, they're very interesting teams. Yeah, on the Heretics thing, like, I... 
I think Heretics will be one of the best teams in winter. I think that because of the, for people who don't know, go look at the map changes, by the way. Like, League is going to be a very different game in terms of how the lanes work early on. And I think you've got some of the smartest players of all time in the West all on the same roster. So I do think they'll be good in winter. I also think, like, my opinion on perks has changed slightly because I'm a lot lower on perks than you in general as a mid laner. I actually have said publicly, I think this guy should be playing in bot lane. I think he could offer so much probably from the support okay. position at this point, but even maybe AD carry, not really sure. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not super sold on him. But for people who don't know, basically Perks' situation was he was on Vitality on, again, a, a, more, a beyond humanoid level contract, on a stupid contract. They wanted to get rid of him, which makes sense, uh, to unlock some kind of a budget. And there was lots of back and forth and eventually he left. But essentially, he gave up a lot of the money that obviously he was guaranteed to have on Vitality, as Thorin said, to play for like next to nothing by comparison on this team, which tells you that he wants to play because he wants to play and he wants to win, not because he's playing for a paycheck. And also, for people who don't know, Perk spent a lot of time in Korea recently playing solo queue in Korea, voluntarily took himself out to do like an individual boot camp, if you like, in Korea. So there's no doubt that he's motivated and wants to do well. I don't think that overall, looking at the end of the next year, that we'll look back and say Perks had a great year. That's just how I feel. I don't think that'll be the case. But I do think in winter, Heretics could be pretty mega. Um, but I suspect they'll tail off after then. The only reason why they might not, by the way, is because overall, I think most of these teams fucking suck on paper. So these lineups that we're looking at at the moment, I would not expect most of these to stay the same. One move I'll say that is... The best move, undoubtedly, if you look at it from an organization's perspective, is obviously Rogue re-signing Larson somehow. Like, how that even happened is insane to me, because if you know anything about the financial situation that's been going on there, and also the pieces that they're... Like, no one oh, wanted to forget go... Forget Rich, because you know this. Also, that's an example of where people who are journalists got it wrong. I know now it looks like they're right. When they said yeah. he signed, he hadn't. Yeah. He was actually, in fact, at the time, he was going to go elsewhere, right? And it just so happens, at the end, he did have to go back to Rogue for whatever reason. Yeah, well, and the thing is, as well, is that I think it hasn't worked... I mean... I'd be worried about if I was going to get my paycheck or whatever. But that aside, like roster wise, it's not worked out that horribly because so many of the other rosters just look so underwhelming on paper that Rogue doesn't look too bad. Zoli's is like very talented. He had a very good spring, not so good summer, but he is like a high ceiling in the context of EU supports for sure. Um, comp, like I do think sort of got exposed a little bit in the last splits, a little bit of a meta slave maybe. But uh, Markoon, I actually think, is a mega upgrade on Maorang uh, with how the new uh, jungle setup is as well. I think that's going to be very um, early pathing favoured in terms of like his jungle style. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Rogue's actually not too bad. Of course, the joke is the best move was G2 doing absolutely fucking nothing because they're still by far the best roster, aren't they? So, yeah, that would definitely be the best move of the offseason. I remember someone telling me that there were changes coming for G2 in the offseason. Oh, by the way, no, by the way, because I noticed that Rome and this is how you know, this is how you know, by the way, that what I said was true. I said it tongue in cheek on EuroLeague because I was sort of playing into the whole like, oh, they did that meme video where Caps was announcing he's leaving. Spoiler alert, G2 absolutely 100% wanted to get rid of caps this offseason at one point. 100% that was true. They tried to get rid of caps or they were in the process of trying to work out how they get rid of caps. Obviously, I think what actually happened is they all sat down after, although this is actually happening during Worlds, during Worlds, after Worlds, whatever, and thought, 
what does that even mean? What does that look like? Who are we bringing in? Who in esports e winter are we going to actually be able to sell into for big money? Like, obvious, all the obvious questions get asked. And I think it was realized like, no, we'll actually keep this group together. I think they were also booned by how well, haha, <laughs> Scrim Kings, but how well, like, they were showing against the Eastern teams during scrims. They're like, ah, we can't really break it apart. That is 100% true that they considered getting rid of caps. And the fact that Romain replied to my tweet, by the way, where this guy never replies to fucking anything and said, no, we didn't try to sell caps. That's an L in the coffin, mate. There I, it is. You that's absolutely did. That is, that's, a yeah. that's a tell, you're right. So, yeah. That's I, one of those me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Exactly, yeah. Cause especially because, as I said, I, the way I, I deliberately phrased it as a bait as well to allude to the fact of that stupid video right. they put out when he was leaving and yes. oh but here they come Thorin reel him in here he comes he could just <laughs> let by let Tiger you know no he couldn't so yeah that 100% happened they tried well I maybe tried to get rid of him is too much they were very open to the idea of selling him if they could all right I I think you kind of mentioned the in my opinion at least what the best uh, move was of the off season which was well, something underrated, I guess, which is Markoon. I think Markoon... I'm so high on Markoon ever since he was on XL's ERL team. And then he came into the LEC on XL, the team that really sucked. And actually put in like a spark of life for that squad, which I was very pleasantly surprised about. Like he didn't... He wasn't scared. He was aggressive and uh, loved to see it. Uh, so yeah, I, I still think he's been good. I think he's been good in LEC and that hasn't had that stability and, and maybe with Rogue, we can uh, see some of that. But let's move on. Enough of Stinky League of Legends. Uh, the Esports Awards was on uh, the other day. And, you know, some standard stuff. Esports Awards, whatever. Esports is great. Let's talk about Esports. Um, there was a bit of controversy surrounding it, and specifically with the esports team of the year was T1 after they just won the world finals, and uh, the esports PC player of the year uh, was Faker. Uh, do you agree with these choices? Do you think the controversy is deserved? And uh, who else would you put in their place instead? Uh, Rich, what do you think? So, with like any awards thing, and this is usually what, like, me and Thorin, for example, spend most of the time talking about before anything else, is the most important thing by a mile is what your criteria is. And the way, and for me as well, like, what the award is called should embody what the criteria is. So when they say best PC player, that's very, it's as, as it sounds phonetically, right? Who was the best PC player <laughs> of the year? Right. And obviously, best team speaks for itself as well. The team thing, let's cover that quickly. That's that's easy. Like there's no we don't need to apply levels of context as we do with Faker to a team. It's like, how well did the team perform? It's pretty binary, really. You can make excuses like maybe a team all got COVID at the same time and then still came second at a tournament, which is in context to make whatever. None of that is applicable here. So it's very simple. That was just ridiculous that they were team of the year when we were spent 95 or 99 really percent of the year in fact yeah literally 99.9 percent .9 of the year was spent talking about will jdg complete the golden road that was the entire conversation so to have a team in that situation just on the eve of semi-finals saying will they do it will they basically win everything or won't they right and then they end up not. So that team's like disqualified from winning. And the team that 
pips them to the post in the final tournament it's a team that obviously that in itself is just ridiculous i don't even need to say more about that when it comes to the player stuff i think that as i said the wording of these kind of things is important but in this case, I think it's very straightforward. Who was the best player? And this is something, Dorian, that people haven't talked about like at all when it came to the Faker thing. We've talked about different things on Twitter or whatever. And um, I know you did a video on it, which I haven't actually watched yet. So maybe you cover it there. One thing that I've not seen anyone talking about, bar that, is... PC? In, no, injuries. It, so injuries, oh, right. in, like, if, if you're yes. amazing and you get injured... You don't get credit for that, by the way. I know this idea of like, oh, but how did they look? How bad did they look without him? It doesn't matter. Like, there's no precedence for the idea that we actually give an award largely on that basis. For example, right now, Kevin De Bruyne is injured for Man City. He's coming back in January. He's not played the whole season. Man City haven't looked quite as good. And when he comes back, people will talk about how, oh, look, if City are looking better, look, Kevin De Bruyne's impact. But at the end of the year, that guy doesn't get an award, by the way, because you know what they say? Same in basketball. Oh, he only played 60 games. By the way, 60 out of 80, still a lot, right? Nope, disqualified. Yeah, yeah. You can't win the award if you didn't play tw uh, 20 games. You can't. If you didn't play half the season, you can't win. If you're out for a chunk of a, a split or whatever, you can't win the award. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that because Faker missed a portion of the season with a broken uh, wrist or whatever it was, that he can't win the award. All I'm saying is you, he doesn't get bonus points for that. It tells us something interesting that, oh my God, look at all the things Faker was doing that we don't usually get insight to in esports, right? So it was really interesting and it actually increased Faker's legacy overall, absolutely. But you do not get to use that as you do not get to use not playing as a reason why someone gets an award for playing. That is absolutely ridiculous. Now, the other thing as well that I find really annoying is like it, it's best player, right? So we talk about all these things that are intangibles or whatever. Like if you win a trophy, it doesn't mean you're the best player in the same way that you know, a, a, a myriad of different things don't mean you're the best player. In football, for example, very easy analogy for lots of people who I'm sure uh, watch this show. The Ballon d'Or, which is regarded as like the most prestigious trophy, even though it's a, in my opinion, it's a bullshit trophy, always it's bullshit, has been, yeah. it's a complete waste of time. That award is called Best Male Footballer. Very specific, the best footballer, overall footballer, who is a male that year, right? For people who don't know, Messi won it basically this year on the back of winning the World Cup. That is the equivalent of because you win a, a trophy, i.e. Faker winning Worlds, you then give him another trophy. No, the reward is you get the trophy. That's, a, that's the reward for winning. You get the trophy. You've already got your trophy. So Messi winning the World Cup, his reward is he wins the World Cup. Oh, and by the way, and this I think was fair, he also won player of the tournament. He had a very good tournament. That's the trophy. You don't get another award for that, for a team achievement in an individual category. That is yes. absolutely fucking absurd. And then ignore the rest of the season, by the way, when he was playing in the Farmers League and then moved to America. Like, what are we doing? And then, and then, and by the way, I love Messi. I think he's the best player of all time sure. by a mile, but th that is it's just how it is. And by the way, me personally, because I, again, I'm very particular about the wording. I don't think Haaland should have won it either, because to me, Haaland, this is going to be unfair, but you get the point. Come he's a, he's a, an amazing tap-in merchant, basically. He's an amazing it's finisher. He's given the ball by Kevin De Bruyne 700 times again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, I would I have agree. given it to yes. Kevin De Bruyne because the award is I called agree. Best Male Footballer. He is a yes. better footballer. Haaland is an amazing striker and finisher. Two different things. So, yeah, semantics out the way. The point is you do not give someone a trophy for winning a trophy just verbatim. That is absolutely ridiculous precedence to set. 
And again, going back to the Golden Rose thing, JDG were the best team for 99.9% .9 of the year and the two best players. And you could go either way here for me. And this is just talking about League, by the way. But yeah, yeah. Knight would be for me because I think what he does is directly more impactful. Like a four-man Nico alt over a wall is going to be more impactful than a guy who's just kiting well in the team fight, right? Generally speaking. But yeah, if you yeah. wanted to pick Ruler, you could make an argument, sure. And then as Thorin alluded to on Twitter and I'm sure in his video, people like Zywoo would like, they just don't get even get a look in, I guess. Like, yeah, I'm just talking about it from the League of Legends angle, right? So the idea that there wasn't a player who was more dominant in another esport over the course of the year than Faker is absurd. But as I said, even if it was just a league award, he shouldn't have won it. So yeah, it's just ridiculous. And then the whole thing, like the, the people coming in again, who are trying to justify it. First, they'll say the classic, you're just a hater. Yeah, brilliant, great, whatever, move along. Then they move to the, we saw how bad T1 were without him. I've already explained why that is absolute nonsense. And again, Show me any sport ever where someone has been given an award on the basis of not playing. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And that's essentially what you're arguing, right? We just learn something cool and interesting, which you usually don't get to learn in these sports, but you do learn in sports. That's not trophy worthy, right? So yeah, to me, it was absolutely ridiculous. I think uh, Zai, like, I don't know uh, enough about some of the random, like, peripheral games that, you know, maybe someone was super dominant in. Um, for example, a, a while back, there was a player called Uber in PUBG, and this guy, like, it, it was absolutely extraordinary what he was doing in a game which has so much RNG and was sweeping up every fucking title. He got snubbed in previous years. So there might be a guy in this uh, panel of players who deserve it more than Zaiwu even. But, yeah, the, the idea that we've come full circle and landed on faker is absolutely fucking ridiculous um so yeah and then by the way the people who say i don't know why you care so much even faker himself doesn't care that's even worse that could be the if you're in like rocket league or some really small esport that could be the pinnacle of their year if they truly deserve to win it and then they don't win it and they're not getting paid millions like faker is that's even worse don't tell me faker doesn't care that that's, makes it just sad so yeah even if it's true right so yeah, I, 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 I find the whole thing very disappointing because the thing is as well, as we go further into esports, things will become more legitimized and more important in a historical context. So even if you personally, Bob in your mum's basement, don't care about it that much now, if, if esports does get bigger and becomes more serious, people will look back and give sort of additional credence to these kind of things. So it's just going to be really sad that we just arbitrarily throw awards at people because they won fucking tournaments and we don't really think about what we're doing. Oh, and the last thing I'll just say, everyone who's saying it's fan voted. Did you even read the blurb on how it actually works? It's not just a fan vote. So shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. There's actually a panel of people, by the way. It's not just a fan vote. So go read it before actually giving your opinion about it. Because again, that's the saddest thing, by the way, not just with this, but in esports in general. It's the equivalent of only reading the headline, isn't it? You don't even know what you're looking at. You literally, if you can't even discern what you're looking at from an article that's presently available in front of you, you expect me to believe your opinion on Faker as a player over the course of an entire year. That's just irony at its finest, isn't it? So... Yeah, whole thing, complete mess. But again, I don't, right now, I don't care about the esports awards because, again, for me, it's like Ballon d'Or, like just burn it all down. But at the same time, I would like to care. I would like there to be a serious sort of uh, gold standard which we can look back on. And I think there could be in the future. But these will still be written in stone, won't they? Because these are still the first awards that are getting given out and they're not going to change. So, yeah, to me, it's just sad. And also because, for example, in journalism, you saw Richard Lewis won the Journalist of the Year award. 
probably like deservedly so so what you're going to do is if you're very if you're somewhat aware of different things in the scene you might glance your eyes back in 10 years and be like oh maybe it is a legitimate thing i see richard lewis won the journalist award this person won this award so i'm going to assume that this was also a correct um attributing of x award which is again it's just sad to me i i just find the whole thing very sad and maybe i care more than uh, i should maybe i care more than faker but you know <laughs> just is what it is Wow, I never heard so much passion about the esports awards before. Fair enough. Do you share a similar sentiment, Dorian? I think Dom on Twitter said it best, which is people were saying like, "Why does he care so much?" I am literally the fucking esports historian, you morons. So yes, I do care what in theory are the official awards that will mark in history who was the best. I don't think it is just a... Because this is what doesn't work about stupid fan corp. When they go, but why do you care? So, why do you care about my opinion then? If you've just said yourself in your internal logic, the award doesn't matter, you don't care, no one cares, Faker doesn't care, then why would you wig out over me having an opinion? Oh, that's right, you incredibly care about what I think and whether Faker won or not. Notice every piece of corp comes back to, but Faker must win the award. If it doesn't matter, then why does it matter that Faker wins? If Faker doesn't care, then why does it matter that all your logic is used against you, you fucking plebs? And then there's that thing they did, which I love, about fans where this is what a fan will do a fan will come in and go like like ridley scott will be sat there and then they'll come in and go all right who are you then and he'll go uh, film director you know just having an off day and they'll go all right worked long have you he'll go yeah i work in hollywood i'll go hollywood they haven't made a bloody good film since alien and quite frankly you know like i think even that wasn't that good like that is Ridley Scott right there, you fucking idiot. He made Alien. Like, you don't even know that he made it. So people were telling me how this awards works. I was on the panel of this awards until 2021 when I left because checks notes, it was fucking corrupt. So obviously I don't agree with the esports awards, but at least I know how the sausage is made. Every dickhead, it's just the fans, the fans voted them, the fans. They didn't. Literally, the fans do not vote except for one vote. What they do is they take all fan votes, compress them into one, whoever you all vote for collectively, and that becomes one, which a dickhead from, Ro from Riot, uh, Rocket League, are you ready? Literal rioters and agents of players can veto by just doing their vote. Oh, that's right. The award panel's corrupt, like I said in my video. So that's so actually, essentially, the only way the fans could make someone win is if like the panel was split. Like I don't know how many people there is, but let's say it's like ten, ten, and then they voted one of the two, and then it made it eleven. That's it. And if you don't know why that is, that's because of a. Th that's that's the only reason I even stayed at the Esports Awards in 2020. Because when that booger Fortnite motherfucker won in 2019 oh, over Caps and all those players, like and Zewu himself, I I told them I'm out. This is a fucking joke, and I won't have my name associated with this. So they're like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, you know the guy Booger plays a game that has RNG, and, like, you literally can't even make yourself win the game. Because that was, if people don't know, that wasn't PUBG 2v2 or 3v3. That was the old Fortnite where you just yeah. drop in. 
Like, what are you talking about? You know, that's the game where, in theory, like, you just try to qualify for the next stage. You don't even win the stages. Like, no one... It's like poker. You can't, in no, like, a Hold'em tournament, make yourself win. Even Phil Ivey can't win the tournament every time. So then, the angle of, like, oh, you got know it's voted. I do. I was there, mate. And then let's go and look at this before we get into who should have won. Here's what is fucking ridiculous. I want to give some, like, fresh content compared to what Rich did, and I'll address that. Here's some angles that are mental. So, yeah, in theory, it's great Richard Lewis wins. You've already destroyed the credibility of the award by giving the award to, last year, checks notes, Ashley Kang. Mm -hmm. So Korean Travis Gafford, female, Korean female Travis Gafford, same exact job, by the way, gets to win Journalist of the Year. Right, one, this is the thing about me, Fox Drop. I'm like Muhammad Ali. You know when they go, you shouldn't say you're the best. Muhammad Ali told you he was the greatest, and then he backed it up. I think I've backed up my career with my resume. So you know what? I have done more interviews, no joke, in a two-month span than Ashley Kang does in an entire year because hers are just post-game interviews. They're just, and how are you doing? And, are you ready? This kills me. She fucking sources questions from Twitter. She won an award. She didn't even do all the work. Spoiler, if a fan even tried to suggest a question, I'd spit in their face. I wouldn't really, obviously. I'm really <laughs> right now. But obviously, I don't give a fuck what the fans think. Spoiler, I'm the best interviewer, not them. I don't care what they want included. I include what I want. So then when then Richard Lewis wins again, well, what's he won? The Ashley Kang Award. Brilliant. If anything, you're almost pissing in Richard's face. So spoiler, the idea that interviewers can win will then hand all the fucking trophies to me for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. It's just about journalism, is it? Like everyone told me, hence why I don't get to win. And then lastly, you know, I left that panel... They don't ever nominate me. I'm not even top 10 in the world. In fact, last year, do you want to know who they actually nominated? Are you ready? This is the slap in the face, Foxtrot. They nominated Wooloo, who, don't worry, you'll find out soon, literally has gotten stories wrong and talked completely out of his ass and didn't have the sources. He was nominated over me, Journalist of the Year. So now let's get into the other reasons why this panel is dog shit. Because here's some of the maddest parts of it, right? You know Ruler... Right before Worlds, Lords of the Analysts told you he's the best player in the world. He isn't even nominated. He wasn't even on the top ten. Now, here's what's funny. You might go and go, well, to be fair, there's only two names at the time. There was, there was three eventually. There was Knight, Faker, and um, Jovi, right? You might go, well, he just, there's too many league names. No, no, because in CSGO, they gave three names as well, right? Listen to the names. Zewu, best player of last year, this year, by the way, emit 1.3 fucking rating on LAN, which is impossible. That's simple numbers. Then you had Nico, all world talent, amazing player. Then the third player is fucking Hunter, who has for this year a 1.09 rating on LAN, which isn't even star numbers. He just was the MVP of Kanavitsi. That was not a major. At the major, G2 never even made the playoffs. There was one major this year. Right? That is mental. He should the idea he's nominated over ruler. Who the fuck did did Hunter's mum make the nominees? What is this? This is nonsense. And so that's already mental that Ruler's not even nominated. And then here's a good one for you. Did you know, go look this up, Rich, little freebie for you. Go look up. Deserto in September published the original nominees. T1 and Faker aren't nominated. They were nominated after the fact, post hoc, because of the narrative. And here's the problem with the eSports Awards. They do want idiot fans to vote. Part of how they want the event to run is they want every streamer and big name to go vote for me. And then they get insane engagement and then they sell that engagement to their sponsors. So I'm going to tell you right now, that is corrupt. Because if you as a player, Rich said it before, it's about how you played. It's not about how you were. That's why Haaland doesn't get to be the Ballon d'Or winner. Because if Haaland played for fucking Aston Villa 
Would he even be in the convo? No, he'd have probably scored like 30 goals. They'd be, he'd actually score some better goals, by the way. But the joke is he wouldn't have won everything, so he wouldn't even be considered a contender if you do both accomplishments and individual play. So if you look at it, it is outrageous to think that T1 and um, Faker aren't even considered top two candidates until they win Worlds. And what are we doing with the awards if you can vote for people and then later you add someone else? Remember, this is why it isn't fan-voted, you dickheads. We already did the votes the last minute we added someone and they won. Well, how could it have been all the fans at the end? There's other people being voted for night for months, like you say. And then let's just flip back to this. How about the fact that they don't know, as Rich says, the criteria? They go, but it's just player of the year. It's sort of like, you know, like, who was the coolest story? No, it isn't coolest story of the year. No, no, that isn't it. I was on the panel. The panel gets given criteria and it includes things like how well you played. It's a, that, of course. And by the way, here's the worst part about this topic. It's not even League of Legends player of the year, which he definitely isn't. It's fucking PC player of the year. So what you did is you took Ziwu, who had one of the best years ever. He's the number one player in Counter-Strike. He won the major, the world championship, was the MVP, and he has won something like three different tournaments, including with two roster moves. And one of them's in CS2 now. He doesn't even get to win. Well, then when can he ever win? Because I agree with you, Rich. Here's the point. You know what you give Faker? Lifetime Achievement Award. That's not what this award is. But the joke is, just like Messi, these may as well be Lifetime Achievement Awards. What you're really saying is you're still around, so let's just celebrate you one more time. It's like, bro, that's inappropriate. That's not what the award's for. Because as Rich says, this is supposed to be for the noob in 2050 who looks up, oh, like, we're playing Dota 7 now. Who were the old great MOBA players back at Fake? Oh, my God, he was the best in 2023 and 2030. Well, that's it. He's the goat of everything to ever. You'll never, you've, you've actually exaggerated. You've, you've taken perhaps the greatest esports player ever and exaggerated his fucking career. When someone wins four worlds, like two MSIs, 10 LCK, why do you need to exaggerate? Just fucking stick with what he did, you dickhead. He already did it all. What more could you want? So I can't handle that. Like to me, it was, for me, I followed CSGO, so it was Zero. And then the other angle is for team of the year, T1 also won for winning mm -hmm. one tournament. You're having a fucking laugh. So this is what's mad about that. Here's what, what's mental about that con consideration. So if we're going off, you won the biggest event of the year and you looked awesome doing it, well, then the winner is Team Spirit from Dota 2. They were incredibly dominant. I don't think they lost a series in the playoffs. They just rolled through TI and they won. And some of them were winning their second TI. That doesn't count for this award, but I'm just mentioning it as like an incredible moment. They didn't get to even get nominated, by the way. Notice how that works, Rich. So T1 can win Worlds and get added last minute. Team Spirit wins the TI, it ended before Worlds, don't even get nominated. It's corrupt as fuck, this shit. And then let's go with this angle. I think it was JDG was the Team of the Year for League. Now, look, I wouldn't give them it for this award, it's PC. It's not Team of the Year for League. And spoiler, there was a JDG in Dota, you idiots. It's called Gaming Gladiators, who won, like, everything except TI, and they were in the TI final. So you could either give those two teams you want to do Team of the Year, or you give it to Spirit. Now, out spoiler... Zemo's team won all the same things as him in CSGO. I'd give it to Vitality or, or JDG or Game Again. So the whole thing just tilted me. I did a video on it, but I mainly made that about fakers, a lot of those points. I addressed all the injury stuff, so I won't do that there. But yeah, in general, I just thought this was a shit show because I agree with you. It's not that I give this awards like credence, it's valid. But I need there to be one. It's the same reason why you have to call out eSick and you think they're full of shit in a paper tiger because they are, at the end of the day, the Esports Integrity Coalition. So you have to point out that they're not doing what you want them to do. And if you don't care about it, well, then just get the fuck out. Go watch a pantomime, you moron.
This is what I, I gotta say. This is my life. I've put m the majority of my adult life into esports. I'm 40 years old. I've done 22 years as a pro. So yeah, it isn't funny to. <laughs> yeah, but who cares? It's faker. And then all that shit of sort of like, I'll get. Here's one last bang. Are you ready for the soundbite? Get ready to have this. At the beginning of the fucking he is just mad and salty because faker wins and plays at a level he will never play at and has won worlds. And what have you done, forty-year-old man? No, 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 no. That only works if faker says that to me. How can you, pleb, say that to me? Spoiler: My career is closer to faker's career than your career is closer to mine. Game over. So I just think the whole thing was a shit show, sadly, and I wish it wasn't the case because I used to actually participate in that one because I wanted it to be legit. I'll tell you, by the way, one quick thing on, on the other side as well. Another reason I left is because, unironically, there was people on that panel. Like, I'll get, you know what? I don't give a fuck, mate. I call people out. I'll do it. I'll give you one that I think's mental. There's that woman called, like, Brittany Murphy or something, right? Dude, she's just, like, some influencer, like maybe did media things at G2, some airhead fucking idiot. Whenever I was around her, she just seemed like a bozo. Oh, she gets a vote. She has a vote on the panel. She's deciding, by the way, I don't know if she watches League she's deciding if fake is the greatest or not. People from Rocket League are deciding if fake is the greatest or not. People from fucking mobile, not, no joke, mobile games are deciding whether it's Zero or fake. What are we doing here? Like, it, essentially, I'll, I'll give you the obvious answer. This is like... British Sportsman of the Year. It just goes on narrative, you dumb fucks, because no one can watch all the sports. It's probably the case that one year, some guy who rides a fucking horse and show jumping is probably the best, but he's not Andy Murray, and Andy Murray won Wimbledon, so then Andy Murray wins. So it just became a stupid media award to me, whereas I really think, like everything in esports, we had a chance to start differently. We had a chance to do it right. We could have had all the media stuff and the right winners, and we've already skipped to the Oscars, you know, like, and the mm. winner goes to Driving Miss Daisy. Welcome up, Driving Miss Daisy, like, obviously paid for award. Like, the whole thing's a bummer for me. I just found it a real bummer, because I'd love to actually have the, a fun discussion about who wins. Like, here's the thing. If it's, like, JDG who wins, now we have this cool discussion. Oh, but they were the best most of the year. How does Worlds... That's a great convo for people to have. This one's just whack to me. I, I thought, essentially, like I said, I've tried to set it up. There's no actual coherent logic across all the awards if you think about who won and who didn't, like I said, with the daughter and the league people. So I think it's a travesty, especially for Zewu, who, ironically, people think I hate, don't they? <laughs> I, have, I have gained a new appreciation for these kind of awards doing this show with you guys, because my opinion would in the past would have been, who cares? You yeah. Know, we, all, we all know it's like, it's, it's probably sure. crap. It's like... There's going to be all the things that you've complained about, but fuck it. It's just there to, I don't know, put a cap on things and, and for yes. a bit of fun. But, you know, both of you guys actually are very passionate about the importance of esports from a historical standpoint. And not from this right now, yes. but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Because we've had these conversations about, um, like, All-Star and MVPs yep. for, for League of Legends, right? It's, it, it is difficult when you're bunching all esports together, though, right? Like, you've got to find someone who watches or has enough knowledge on multiple scenes to have a valued input on comparing teams like, you know, T1 from League of Legends to Spirit from Dota or something like that, right? Or Vitality from Counter-Strike. You've got to have people who are, who, are, who are knowledgeable on all of the scenes or at least have enough people uh, that are, you know, you can spread your bases across, but then you get into difficulties of like, okay, but yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a difficult one, a difficult beast to tame for sure. But uh, either way, I think we, we've said what we wanted to say about that stuff. 
And uh, we can move on to our last topic. Oh, so just, ve just very oh, quickly, by the way. On. No, sorry, just very quickly to to, to frame that. But like, the... yeah, you have to make a super cop for like I don't know April Fools or something. Where it's just all the times Fox is trying to do like a <laughs> yeah. seamless segue, and then we just like hey, wait a minute, I've got another thing. I just oh, no, like wrecking him completely. I don't... Yeah, the best thing about that is whenever he asks at the very end if we have anything to say, we always say no. Yeah, we always say no. Always say no. Also, why would I have anything else to say? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the 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 thing with awards in general that I think people don't really talk about as well, like the whole historical thing, is for me, awards only have value historically because in the present, it's just immediate gratification. That's all it is. Like the idea, like we watched it in real time, right? Like we saw Faker win worlds. We don't need another diary date during the year where it's like. And the winner of the person who did the best like this year is this guy that you literally just watched. The only value of the award is 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. Yes, we lived it. We know who won. Oh, this yes. I just watched Giannis average 35 fucking to 10 and 10. Like, yes. I know. I don't, I don't get anything from that. What I get is 20 years from now when I'm like, how good a year did this guy actually have? Holy shit, Yanis averaged 35, 10 and 10 in fucking 2018. By the way, you know, this is even something that I always hated that we didn't have these awards. Like we had a, a corrupt one where ESL did, where essentially the joke is like, here's a good one for you guys. There used to be an awards run by Turtle Media, which was the company behind ESL, and they had Journalist of the Year. Me and Richard Lewis never nominated ever. Ever because within like us. So the, the point is, this is exactly what you know what? If you all hate me, you want these awards to be good, you idiot. Because right now you have to Rich has to ask me who really was the best player in 2005 in CS. Mm. There isn't an award that'll tell you it didn't exist. So you, you can't know. And it would bunk if they did exist. So if you really want to know, you have to ask me. And the, if you don't have an awards or me, then here's what happens. You think of a frag movie you saw and you go, oh, I think it was like, fuck, wasn't it like fucking Valley or like fucking Jaguar or something? Like, because you just remember in a highlight clip, same as everyone, like, you know, in the modern day kids that you're talking about, they watch like a YouTube montage. They're like, LeBron is definitely the GOAT. It's like, bro, you have to watch the games. You know what I mean? You have to be there for the 20 years to know who the best is. Yeah. By the way, I have a, uh, on, on my little watch, it must be said, a uh, Counter-Strike show in honor of when Ashley Kang won her Journalist of the Year award. Okay. Our user question section is actually just called the Ashley Kang segment. So, okay. There you go. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to say before we move on to our No, next? no, no. Don't be silly. No? Come on. Move the no. show along, Fox. Come on. What are you doing, mate? Okay. What's going on here? I'm looking. Someone looks like he's going to interrupt me. All right, let's move on from the Esports Awards to uh, to Counter-Strike here. We have some news coming out of the Counter-Strike scene. Uh, FaZe are signing Slovakian rifler Frozen for Mouse to replace Twist, the Canadian sensation. Part of the Team Liquid team that won way back when, if I'm not mistaken, maybe. I don't know, I'm a bit of a Counter-Strike noob, so that could be completely incorrect. Either way, it doesn't matter. That's then. This is now Frozen Make is the first appearance of FaZe at the Blast Premier World Final in dubai coming up soon and uh, what do you think about this roster move is it an upgrade side grade downgrade unnecessary uh just in general and of course as a as a side side note um the replacement for frozen in mouse is brolin so what do you think about that and uh, to fill the the gap that frozen has left uh go on then rich what do you think just on the twist thing by the way because you are spot on but they sort of famously didn't win the big one no. that kind of won everything else that like that team for people who don't know by the way i even was a bit surprised they brought it up i said ah, yeah it's kind of fair 
um, my co-host on T side said you can make a case that they're one of the greatest CSGO lineups of all time, even though obviously they didn't win the big one as it were, but they went on that crazy run, um, whatever it was called. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, it's a really interesting move. Uh, well, I was really surprised when I was like... they didn't win the big one? I'm just confused. Let's rewind that. What do you mean they didn't win the big one? Like when they, when they went on that crazy... Uh, Oh, the uh, recent win streak. Went, then they didn't they lose in the the major at the end of the lineup. No, no, that was the recent win streak. You mean? No, not like, recently. No, 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 no. Won no. the major last year. Yeah, they won the PGL Antwerp. Phase Club. No, 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 not Phase. Te oh, team Liquid. He oh, he's sorry. Team Liquid. You, oh, you meant Team Liquid 2019? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Right? yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I got sorry. confused on that one because you were talking about Frozen. Okay. No, no. I thought Fox said uh, twists of Team Liquid. I, yeah, I did. It was twists. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's what threw me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, no. I think uh, Frozen is an. Delete that part. <laughs> <laughs> I think Frozen is a uh, really. I didn't realize how long Frozen had been on Mouse for. Didn't so long that they were called Mouse Sports when he first joined the team. Um, nearly five years for anyone who didn't know. Um, so I 20 think... 20 years old as well, isn't he? 21, I think. When he was 16, 21. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, no, yeah, it's mad. Um, I think a lot of people that I was kind of surprised to see, as you kind of just alluded to there, Fox, are, are like still see him as kind of sort of, you know, inexperienced, not played the big one. Not really true. I mean, this Mouse lineup is they won ESL Pro League season 18. They won season 10 as well. Uh, they won Asia 2020, no, 2019 Asia Championships. Like, so he's actually got quite a lot of sort of uh, big experience or big tournament experience. And I think he is a all round good player. You can make an argument that he's probably Miles' best player. And obviously Miles are, themselves are running pretty hot right now. So I think it's a smart move all round. I also expect that it probably wasn't as expe as expensive to do this move as it would have been to get a similar level player from another team. Um, so I think this probably uh, makes sense all round. I think for Frozen as well, being on that org for as long as he's been on, I suspect, I don't know, don't know this to be true, I suspect he's going to get paid a lot more in phase as well, which he's probably earned at this point. So yeah, I think it's an interesting move. I do suspect it will either be best case scenario side grade or uh, worst case scenario slight downgrade. But when you look at the sort of landscape for players they could have gone for, I don't think there are that many super obvious standouts um, that they could have brought in to replace him. So, yeah, I think it's probably just a, a good move all around. And I mean, statistically, it's an upgrade for anyone who cares about ADR or sort of round damage as it were um but again cs2 is sort of in its infancy and a lot of these things will level out or um people will find their level let's say as the game goes on so again it's just really difficult to to make calls when the game is so young and there's still going to be like substantial changes as well just even in the patches that are going to be coming out like how things are going to go as more teams figure out the game again we spoke about this before but vitality was one of the this is like one of the very few moments in time in esports where going into that tournament vitality we'd only seen them on four maps before and they look pretty rubbish zywoo himself wasn't playing particularly well and then they come in and win the tournament but that wasn't some big shock shock upset or something a lot of people were saying if phase don't win vitality yes. are probably the favorites so yeah it's it's uh yeah i think he'll do well i think he'll do well but i i also think we're 
already uh, this isn't me, me being too reactionary but i think we are already reaching the end of the period where it's like our phase are just going to be default favorites and win all you know the next however many tournaments i think we're going to see some leveling out and i think um they're not going to be as dominant with him as they were with twist but that doesn't mean that it was a bad move right i think that's just going to be a product of cs2 getting more familiar with most of these players so yeah i think it's an interesting one as for brolin um We've not really seen much of Brolin because obviously the situation with NIP, NIP themselves having been garbage um, and Brolin's situation. So, yeah, I don't... I think it's probably good as a temporary move. I don't know if there's been any news about if this is going to be permanent at all. Obviously, he's been registered. He will play for them at the Blast Premier Finals, but I don't know if anything's been agreed beyond that. He's just been listed as a player. I don't know if they've actually signed him, signed him. Um but yeah, I think it's fine. But I mean, I don't, I don't suspect Mao's will do too much at that tournament. As I said, they've had kind of a hot start to CS2. But I think you'll see teams like Vitality, teams like G2, um, kind of finding more or getting closer to sort of phases level. Um, but I don't think Mao's will be one of those teams, especially because they've, they've obviously just lost Frozen. So yeah, I think basically I'd give like both of these moves like a B, sort of thing uh, for. You know, um, bringing in Frozen, I think, is like a B, maybe could be a B plus. I think bringing in Brolin, what else could they do at that sort of minuscule moment in time? So, yeah, I think it's it's fine, but I'm not, like, super excited about either of these moves, let's say. Fine, but not super excited. Do you echo that sentiment, Dom? I mean, obviously, CS goes my game, so CS2. So I'm I'm a little bit more, I would say... I would say I actually think the thing with Frozen was he was one of those people where if you talk to like players or like the experts, he a lot of people think he was like a sleeper. Like even though he is acknowledged as the best player on Mouse, like a lot of us thought basically he is the obvious person that if you bump, give a promotion to and give him a better team because he was the best on that team, it'd probably be really good. He could probably win trophies already and he already had already in Mouse, it turned out by the end. So I do think that even if to fans... Like you have to understand, most fans, if you're in the, like, the seventh best team, you can't be a top player. That's just how their brain works, you know. So to me, I actually think this is a great move for him. Like I actually think it's the best possible move he can do. If people don't know, first of all, he'd done everything in mouse. He'd been there for years at this point in time. As a little aside, it's actually possible he, he doesn't get any extra salary, believe it or not, Rich. Like, believe it or not, when Rops went to FaZe, he actually said he took a pay cut because here's the thing. Supposedly, Mouse did like the SK LEC trick where like you pay the superstar the money and then you give everyone else the 7K uh -huh. or the 10K. So I, I've heard like he might have been on like 25K or 20K or something. So he might have actually had the good the, the one big salary and then they had all the academy players so i imagine he he probably was on similar money but this is to win this is you go into this team to win and crucially that that's he did when he was younger was with carrigan's in-game leader who was the in-game leader of phase this is perfect this has like it, he should literally walk in and he knows the guy he's working with and if anything carrigan's better now than he was then because in-game leader is about the brain so that actually levels up over the years so i think it's a great move in terms of like replacing twist specifically i don't think they're really identical role for role but i do think actually that he's going to be a good player in phase like i could actually i think it's at worst a side grade i think it could be an upgrade i could actually see this taking them to the next level because of the three big stars in phase twists was the one who went missing the most i don't know why it was but he, he would just 
Maybe he wasn't in his perfect role. I actually speculate maybe in Team Liquid he'll have a slightly different role and he'll get what he wants, you know, and he's, it's like the prodigal son returns, so they just give him everything. So I actually think the move for everyone in general was good. I also agree with Rich, though. The reason why it's awesome that Twist's left is because, one, that Team Liquid squad is being made from what I've heard, and it looks fire. It looks very interesting. And then, two, I also agree. One, luckily the streak ended anyway, that win streak they had with losing the blast final, so we don't have to be tortured. What would have happened? It's, it's over. It doesn't matter. I've done a video on this. So... Um, the cool thing about going to Liquid now is, I do actually also agree. FaZe was barely winning some of these tournaments. They were winning the most crazy epic rounds. And come now, you can say that's their style, it is, but it can't last forever. You can't flip a coin and come off heads every time forever. Like, eventually it doesn't happen. So, as you say, there was also, if you go back to my video, man, if you ever look into the actual lineups, bro, not only was it CS2, a brand new game, getting patched between tournaments. Dude, like, Mouse had an event with a stand-in. Ents had an event with a stand-in. Vitality changed players between two events. G2 didn't even attend something. Like, what are we doing here? Like, remember, normal CSGO tournament is, like, the top eight teams in the world. They didn't really have to beat them. Like, the joke is, for real, their main, main contention was with Complexity, who was a joke in CSGO. But suddenly, they're one of the best teams. By the way, spoiler, that'll drop off, too. There's no way teams with Zewu, fucking simple when he comes back, are going to be beaten by Halzerk. Like, it ain't happening, bro. I don't care how nerfed the op is. So, to me, I actually think it's a great move all around. I also do think, though, the fact that, like, Frozen hasn't, like, been, like... He hasn't had the pressure yet that you get when you're on phase. That's the downside. I agree, actually, Mouse, a bad overperformance. People don't know. Last year at the Major, I am Rio, they were in the semis. They had a fucking... Obviously, they won last ever CSGO tournament, Pro League this year. They're a very good team, but they were sort of like a plucky underdog team because everyone's from the fucking academy squad. When you go to phase, that's like going to Real Madrid. It is fuck or walk. If you can't be good enough, you are out. You are out, mate, because everyone else can win. So if you can't win... That's why I say Real Madrid, you get replaced. The joke is Real Madrid have a guy on their bench who should be, like, starting for fucking Chelsea. That's how ridiculous their squads are when they make them. So I actually do think, if you were phased, the, the one issue is I don't think you can get anyone else. Like, one, as Falcons found out, if he is going to go, Nico would be a great replacement. Now, aside from the fact Nico and Carrigan, we all know that's fucking soap opera. There's a fucking odd couple right there. But also, as Falcons found out, even if you don't want to sign him, you probably need more money than God in esports winter. So, like, I don't think FaZe Clan, who just got bought, is going to be able to buy him. And the other player I would have liked is the other Falcons player. Matt Magus could have been a sick signing. Obviously, though, I mean, why would he go there? Just stay in Vitality and be the best or go and do the Falcons project. So I think of who was available, this is a very shrewd signing, actually. I think, actually, if you look at sort of the roles, who was I think it's about the best signing you could do. In terms of the Brolan one, the problem with him is he is someone who has just tortured us all with, like, promise, but never quite making it. And it was only in the all-Swedish lineups he was ever, like, consistently good for any period of time. And that was, the, sorry, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. So even though he's a very young guy, he's looked so out of sorts at Nip that even though Nip is a train wreck, that makes me draw the conclusion that he's one of those people. If you know Swedish players, they are very conflict-averse, they are very shy people, they are not people who are super outgoing. By the way, they hate American culture in gaming of, like, shouting after every round and high-fives and revenue. No, they'd rather just calmly play CS and be really good at it. So I do get the vibe in that team. He might have just gone into his shell a bit. So I don't fucking know what he was going to do in this squad because essentially, on paper, if you replace frozen you you better get cooking straight away mate you better be the star player we need to win the tournaments again like we don't want to believe it was frozen or boston when, when we're back to 11th best team in the world so i think there's a lot of pressure i i don't know if it's a standing or a permanent move but it's not a terrible pickup you have to remember mouse is like ends 
unless you get the crazy scenario where Glaive's available, you're always the farm team. You're always having to pick up another person like Mac did in Mad Lions and hope that they get really good and make them go. And then you sell them off. And then all of a sudden, oh, back to the fucking... It's like Wenger. People don't know. Supposedly, Arsene Wenger, like, was scouting people, like, fucking... I think he might have... There was some story that he might have, like, scouted, like, George Weir when he was in, like, yeah. fucking Liberia or something mental or some guy in Cameroon or something like... This guy was going deep. Like, he wasn't just going, like, hmm, who plays in Serie A? Like, he was having to go and get anyone. So that is the hardest, most thankless job in esports is finding the next great player because you can't know. So I think it's a very interesting move all around. But I actually, I, I'm giving it better marks. I would say A, a plus. No, I'll give A for the frozen move. The brawler one, I'll give a B minus. I'm not sure on that one. By the way, what um, I mean, you mentioned Magis. What what's with Magis? Because obviously he's not playing at the moment. It's, he is available, isn't he? In theory, in theory he's going to Falcons. It's like supposedly a done deal. Ah, oh, okay. That's what the rumor is, anyway. Hmm. Because he was going with Zonic. I don't know if he wanted to go because of Nico's one, but I just get the vibe. If you look, right, obviously Dupree, semi-retired, not really, he just got benched, but then he came back and he did a little standing for Rogue, right? Dupree was the one who people thought was washed. Magus is still really good, but I get the sense he wants to do things with Zonic. Here's what's weird people don't get. In a way, their mission was show that we can win one without Astralis. So it's ours. We're, we're awesome too. It wasn't just Device and Glaive, right? Well, Zonic and him have done that. So I get the sense. Also, by the way, as Sonic implied, I'm going to guess they probably wanted to slash his salary too, by the way. Vitality doesn't have that much money, boys. It's eSports winter. They've spent a lot of money these last two or three years. And by the way, if you were, since we're in CSGO, the amount they have pissed down the drain in League of Legends, yeah. what the fuck is... As Rich alluded to, put it this way, I've heard Perks was on something like half his Cloud9 salary in fucking this team. Think about how much that would be. Think about how many millions that... Think it through, so... You can't, if you couldn't, if you were spending that money when it was, everything was flush, when it's eSports winter, unless you are literally sat on top of an oil well, you have to fucking close the, tighten the purse strings. Why do you think they've signed Mezzi as their replacement? Mm. A UK player. They're, they're, you think they couldn't <laughs> go and ask fucking Frozen? Of course they could. Mezzi, I imagine, was coming very cheap with a lot of fucking optimism, and I bet he probably cleans the boots before the game's up. You get the joke anyway, whatever. He is actually a good player, he's just not fucking world class for me. So I, I think it's a great move all around. By the way, on that uh, that tweet you made yesterday about the the whole um, in Germany thing, obviously Germany, for people who don't know, is a country that is very employee-favoured versus sort of employer-favoured. Um, my, my understanding with uh, that stuff in general is that basically, I think the whole like benching or you can't bench whatever, I, I'm not sure there's like specific rules around that, obviously because of, you know, esports is new or whatever, but... What I do believe is true, and this is where Vitality as an organization got fucked and many other orgs have got fucked, is basically you have two kinds of orgs in esports. You have orgs that understand the laws, or that's putting it generously, or maybe just actively are going against the law and have things in their contract where it's like, if you are benched or we don't play you, your salary will be chopped in half or by 80% or whatever. And then orgs who either do understand the law or are scared of, because they don't understand the law, or both maybe... They will have fixed contracts like the where no matter what happens to you, you will get paid the your original salary that was agreed and there are no drop clauses in there whatsoever. Vitality of the latter. Vitality are an organization that if they sign you for, let's say, a million a year, no matter what they do to you or if you go and play in the academy team or whatever, your salary will never reduce because they believe correctly that is it is illegal to reduce someone's salary based on that kind of a metric. 
So for all the people who are in LEC, for example, or in Counter-Strike in a German-based org, Maus, for example, any of these kind of organizations, it is illegal to have a clause in your contract where your salary is reduced because of a subjective performance metric. So, for example, if you're like, what the fuck? Why was I benched? I was the one who was doing everything. Blah, blah, blah. It's illegal for you to be to lose money on that basis. In terms of like being benched or not playing, I'm not sure really how that works as well. I don't know how you'd even enforce that really. Like if you had seven players and a rotating roster, like eh. But in theory, you cannot have your salary reduced. But there are, I would say, most of the contracts still in LEC, for example, have drop clauses where it says if you are benched, you will only receive half of your salary. All of these clauses... you got to get a liar though, isn't it? Yeah, all of these clauses are illegal. By the way, I have advised players to sign contracts which have these clauses in Oops. and basically talked about how... The, the, how the realism aspect of this works and what we really care about is it is it fair for you does this situation make yeah, sense because yeah. even if something is illegal or or legal that doesn't actually really matter that much because as thorin just suggested unless you're willing willing to lawyer up and go to court for 10 years then it doesn't really matter does it so for me i've always viewed it from more of a, like a fairness aspect than anything else but obviously just to be aware technically any clause you have in your contract which says your salary will be reduced if we decide, you know, on any given week that you're not playing, that is illegal in Germany, like completely illegal. It is, though. If people don't know on that topic, though, I have basically heard, though, that almost everyone who ever does lawyer up and go to the orgs, like, they don't want a PR scandal, they're, like, yeah. violating the law. Like, they've all buckled. Like, spoiler, I won't say much more because when people win, you just got to let sleeping dogs lie. You know that XL story? Let's just say they won. The good guys won on that one. And the last thing I'll throw in there is, as Rich is saying, they actually have some very bizarre laws. Like, supposedly, most contracts in Germany just don't have an end date, and you essentially can't be fired unless something mad. Like, they have to have, like, repeated, like, warnings and examples that you do things wrong. And so that's why, for example, another thing they sometimes do if they put you on these bench contracts in LEC is they just try and give you, like, 50 stupid tasks and hoops <laughs> to jump through because they're hoping you don't do one. Go, I'm not doing that. And then they go, right, perfect, strike one behind the scenes. And then they go, oh, write him another email. Oh, and then you have to come, like, to Norway for no reason. I'm just a random thing in here. Why would I do that? I'm too busy then, right? There's strike two, and then and then they'll be able to fuck you. They've, they've used the law, but I agree though. I think it is actually outrageous because here's the thing I can't handle about that. It's the fact that like this just shows you you've got to stop giving a fuck about riot investigations. These people when they're getting fucked sometimes reach out to riot and riot just sort of go. We kind of let the teams handle the things themselves, like. So Riot isn't the big daddy they pretend to be unless you did a naughty tweet or something, it seems. So the whole thing's just sad, I think, that because basically the, the joke is in that one area, the one area, Germany's the dream place to work if you're a fucking pro player. They just are too young and they don't know. That's why if you notice, the, the gist of my tweet was don't let the fucking team manager take you in a room and coerce you and tell you, look, this isn't the right thing for your career and it's not right for us and you know you weren't playing well. It wouldn't be fair to give you that big country. And besides, don't you want to play in the RLs? Don't you want to be seen still? Just sign this release. It's like the devil in your ear, mm. mate. Like, they're just, unfortunately, they're literally lying to you. They're just trying to trick you and coerce you to get you to sign. If you sign that release, now you are fucked yourself. Now you have forfeit the rest of your contract. So all I'll say, like I said there, is if you're on some two-year contract, they bet you have to split one. Bro, you have them over a barrel. You can sit back and collect one and a half years of salary. There's some, like, Polish dickhead who could be <laughs> delivering pizzas right now who did that and thought it was funny. I don't like that system, but I think it can be abused by people. But i tell you what, there's a reason why he being chilled instead of going and actually playing League of Legends. Yeah, and that, uh, that is... Yeah, that one is sad for me because if it's like if you're 
another Polish, but I don't know, like Jack Troll or something. Okay, sure, you are never going to fucking do, you know, too much anyway, whatever. But when you're like one of the absolute best, like fucking jungle talents has ever been, uh, that to me, that is just sad and pathetic. And I like, have some fucking pride, dude. Like, holy shit. Don't you want to play? Don't you want to win? But uh, yeah, I mean, again, that's why I also have some respect for, for Perks in that sense as well, that he in theory could have sat on the length of his contract same for alfari by the way alfari if i'm alfari i don't know why alfari like alfari just voluntarily left his contract in theory he could I definitely have worked out something and he by the way spoiler alfari was on stupid money as well like absolutely ridiculous money so yeah you do technically have all the power it's just obviously how you navigate that but yeah just a small tip as well if there is any kind of short-term thing you want to get done or whatever the courts of arbitration in germany actually have a pretty quick turnaround that's not a final judgment call or something but again it's very employee sided you can get injunctions for like pay cuts put in place almost immediately if you get a court date in in some arbit uh, arbitrational court so yeah germany is is very player sided in that sense one of the only good things about everything being in germany for at least for league of legends because Apart from that, I hear there are nobody likes living in Germany. The internet sucks as well, and the location's a bit of a pain. But at least the players are well looked after by the law. We'll take that. I oh, think. by the way, do you see Riot did this whole little? They made a video about you asked for it, so we're delivering like new LEC studio for next year. Blah blah. blah. All they've done is they've like slightly changed the Valorant studio they were using, and it's got the exact same numbers of seats as the old one. So. No, nothing that anyone asked for was changed at all so yeah it's, brilliant. A, it's a riot studio right now like yeah is it, no, it's, i think it's in the same built they basically they just rearranged the furniture is essentially yeah. what's happened gotcha right is there anything else you guys want to add on to onto the news of frozen or are we all sorting are we all gucci i think we're all gucci okay well that's what we got to talk about today then so apart from that stuff does anything to top off anything else that we've spoken about today i think We've uh, covered quite a few things, which was nice. And next time we'll have even more things to uh, to rant about, I'm sure. But we're all Gucci. Going, going, gone. I've just got to Google other sort of stereotypical northern food preferences for, in preparation for next week's potential quiz. But we can, keep, we can keep that as a feature if you want. Like some kind of... Keep it as a running thing. Thorin's winning five to four right now, and we can no, have it. No, we're not, we're not keeping a running <laughs> score. I no, know. I, when, when, whenever anything gets a modicum of, you know, being uh, some kind of official scorekeeping, I just know it's uh, doomed. I'm still upset about all the forfeits that I pre-planned yeah, that came, say, came to nothing. So those are still on that, a notepad document somewhere that will never see the light. Now you mentioned it, we haven't done haven't done those forfeits in a long time. But you did lose like ah, it's our archaic so. for, format, Fox. <laughs> Moving, you know, gotta gotta bring things up to date here. I don't, okay. I don't think anyone don't think anyone like that. No, it was problematic. Yeah, and we're we're very much not about that here. Cool. All right, well, thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. Thank you for being here and giving us your insights. And thank you at home for watching. Have a fantastic week, weekend, month, whenever, year, whenever it is we record another one. See you next time.